Hey guys, this is your host, Ryan Sebastian. I want to thank you for making the Youth and Culture Podcast a part of your day today. If you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Again, if you've been listening for the podcast for a while and have not given us a rating and review, again, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, when you give us um, a review or put in the review exactly what you would like us to cover on this podcast or how can we make this co- podcast better uh, for you personally as the youth leader. Uh, this week, um, I had a great opportunity to talk about a topic uh, that should be important for every single youth ministry, and that's this idea and this concept of innovation in ministry. But before we dive into that, let's take a pause and listen to our sponsors. Youth and Culture is brought to you by Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is an online accountability and content blocking software for your mobile device or your computer designed to protect the entire family. Today, with 90% of boys and 70% of girls being exposed to pornography online and 56% of divorce cases listing porn use as a factor, it's more important than ever to protect your home. Click the link at the bottom of the show notes, sign up for Covenant Eyes, and start protecting your home today. When we think of the word innovation, uh, a lot of people have different descriptions or different definitions of what innovation really is. And I just thought I would just pull up a simple definition uh, that I actually thought was pretty good uh, for the word or this concept innovation. And it says this that innovation in its modern meaning as a new idea, creative thoughts, new imaginations in form of device or method. Innovation is often also viewed as the application of better solutions that meet new requirements, unarticulated needs, or existing market needs. I really like the last part of this where it talks about the application of better solutions, the application of better solutions. Uh, when we look at innovation, it's uh, you can make it even simpler and say that's looking forward, constantly looking forward to what's ahead and how can you make improve things and make things even better and reach solutions uh, in your area. And I was really excited and, and, and glad to be talking to uh, TJ McConaughey specifically on this topic of innovation. If you've been in the youth ministry world, 
uh, in the last couple of years, or pretty much last year, you probably have heard this concept of one-minute message, specifically a tool to be putting on your social media accounts. And this whole entire movement of the one-minute message was started by TJ McConaughey, and he started this just trying to figure out ways to reach his own teens, his own students in his ministry, and God took it and exploded it even bigger than he ever expected. Uh, so this, I, this concept of innovation is so important in your student ministry because culture constantly changes. And because culture constantly changes, you have to find ways to meet students where they're at in their culture. And in order to do that, you have to be very innovative and be willing to try things to meet your students where they're at. So stay tuned and listen as we talk to TJ McConaughey. Guys, I am really excited about our guest today. Um, we're going to be have the opportunity and the privilege to get to talk to TJ uh, McConaughey, and specifically about something to me that is important uh, to me personally when it comes to youth ministry, and that is innovation, innovation in youth ministry. Before we dive into that, for those of you who may not know who TJ is, uh, TJ, how about you kind of introduce yourself and uh, your journey in ministry? Um, yeah, my name is TJ McConaughey. I am from the Seattle area. I'm not Seattle proper. We're actually in a town called Bremerton, a military town called Bremerton. Um, yeah, I'm in, up here in the Northwest, um, sort of the dark area of the map for Christianity in America. Uh, and I've, I've been in the Northwest my whole Christian life. I actually found Jesus uh, when I was 16 years old and got the call to ministry when I was 17 years old and went to school in Portland and now living close to Seattle. So just hanging out in the, in the Pacific Northwest, um, doing youth ministry. I've been in youth ministry for 13 years full time and then a bunch of years as an intern and, you know, volunteer and all that stuff too. So, um, I've been doing it a while and, uh, yeah, uh, I love youth ministry. I, I plan on doing youth ministry for as long as the Lord will let me. Um, and, uh, yeah, youth ministry is, is my fave. So, so DJ, when we talk about, um, of course, we're going to be talking a little bit, uh, rest is, and kind of talk about innovation and innovation in the youth ministry. Uh, one thing I just kind of want to, a question I want to ask to kind of uh, start out and as we start this conversation is, is why is innovation important in youth ministry? Uh, so youth ministry, uh, first of all, youth ministry is an innovation. Um, you know, people are always kind of, uh, you know, when they're when they're dissing youth ministry, oftentimes they'll tell you, you know, youth ministry, you're not going to find that in the Bible and, you know, uh, all that stuff. But youth ministry is an innovation in itself because what happened with our culture is uh, we sort of 
prolonged and sort of invented this thing called adolescence. Um, you know, before the industrial revolution and all the other stuff, uh, there was no such thing as, uh, you know, this time between being an adult and being a child. It's kind of, you went through puberty and that was the time between being a child and being an adult. Once you got your man body or your woman body, you went and did man or woman things. Um, you know, you'd be surprised at how young some of the most famous people in the history of the world are um, when they're starting their careers, when they're starting out. And so uh, the, the thing happened with us is we created this time between. And so then the church had to create an opportunity or, or a, a device in which to minister to this kind of new group of people called adolescents. And not to get too much into the history of all that stuff, but youth ministry in and of itself is a is an innovation um it's something that the church um, thought up of or people in the church thought of and uh and it's worked to bring a lot of people to jesus including myself and a lot of people i know so um i think innovation is at the heart of what youth ministry is because youth youth ministry in and of itself is an innovation but beyond that um if you stop innovating in youth ministry things get stale really really quick as a youth pastor, if you're not on the front lines trying to create something that other people that other people are going to want to be a part of, then you're 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 just not doing something right. And and there, I think that you know we're kind of in this world right now where we're kind of all just trying to figure out our personality type, and and, and in doing so on this journey to self knowledge or knowing more about myself, I think there's a lot of people out there who've gone to the place of. Well, I'm not an innovator. That's not who I am. That's not that's not my personality type, or that's not my gifting, or that other stuff. Um, and I just think that's that's sort of. I think that is a cop out. I think that uh, we have a God who placed His image inside of us, and one of His one of the defining characteristics that God originally describes Himself as is a creator. And in that way, the way we fulfill that imago Dei, that image of God. Um, life is that we be creative and youth ministries that have people who are willing to engage creatively are oftentimes some of the coolest places you're going to be at. Um, you know, they don't always, not every idea that comes out of your dome is going to be a win. Um, the cool thing about that is if it's a, if it's an epic fail, it's a great story later. Um, but, but innovators oftentimes aren't, aren't, they're not deterred by failures. And so I think one of the things that that makes innovative youth ministers and innovative youth ministries so awesome is they're not afraid to fail because in the the very existence of creation, in, in, the, in the idea of creation, we are not God, so we cannot create perfectly. We are going to fail. And so if you give yourself permission to mess up and to fail and to to, to not hit the mark sometimes and not always have the best thing. Sometimes you stumble upon some stuff that's really, really amazing. And out of the ash of failures, where the best creations come from, you know? Um, so I think that there's something to the grit of a youth ministry who, who has a creative person at the helm of it, because in order to be a creative person, you've got to be okay with failing and uh, just getting back up and keep on going. Um, if you're just trying to sustain Sustain is such a weird word for, I guess, evangelical Christians because I think we're always called to a place of growth, um, either discipleship growth or um, outreach growth. Um, I think that uh, um, if you're not growing, 
um, there is there is always going to be question marks. And one of the things that you know people always you know like uh, you know are TJ are you talking about numbers here? Is this a is it you know the biggest the biggest youth ministries are the most innovative? That's not always the case, but numbers do represent something. And sometimes it's unhealthy growth, but some but oftentimes it's very very healthy growth. And so I think we would do ourselves a big favor in youth ministry to look around at the youth pastors who are killing it in different areas and see how they're innovating and then and then innovate what they're innovating. So instead of just taking what they're doing and saying, I'm just going to do exactly what they're doing, taking what they're doing and then crafting what they're doing to your own personality and your own personal ministry. And then you'll find something really, really special. I love it when youth workers mine an idea together. Um, and so um, you know, like going on the the Facebook forums like DYM or stuff you can use um, or youth pastors only and just saying, hey, guys, I got a question or, hey, guys, what do you think about this? Or, hey, this isn't working for me. What have you worked on? That's youth pastors creatively mining an idea together, kind of crafting that idea. And when that happens, something really special happens. And usually um, you, could tell, you can tell this happens is when youth ministers mine an, an especially good idea it ends up actually changing the church culture. Um, if you look at all the, 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 the most popular churches in America, they have taken on a lot of the youth ministry um, elements from the 1990s and early 2000s. And that's because they were probably youth in youth ministry themselves and were youth ministers themselves and saw these, these ideas working. So I guess that's a long way to say it, but I think if you're not innovating, um, what are you even doing with your life? Just joking. Um. <laughs> no, there, there, there's some def, definite truths to that statement. Um, uh, I guess for for innovation, uh, to me, when I think about innovation, if you're not, you, you can basically phrase it a different way as well of innovation, or you can phrase it as 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 being forward minded, uh, constantly looking forward. Uh, not not staying level, not looking back, but constantly moving forward, finding new ideas, new ways of reaching people, new ways of sharing the gospel, um, being forward-minded. Because one thing that you 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 kind of uh, briefly hit it on was uh, uh, just sustaining, just mm-hmm. staying where you're at and doing the same old same old. The problem with that uh, of churches when that's their mindset in a youth ministry or even a church as a whole uh the problem with that is that culture changes so much and so quickly yeah and if if you're not willing uh to constantly again look for looking for being innovative uh mm-hmm. looking at ways to uh, change your ministry to improve your ministry uh with the way culture is going with with where culture is at uh, mm-hmm. then your ministry over time is going to die Looking mm-hmm. for sustained being sustained, a ministry sustained is basically saying I'm what my ministry to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. in, in my opinion, again, I may I may be wrong. It just it's yeah. just what I what I see and, and experience and talking to other youth pastors who are much wiser than me. Uh, that's kind of the same trend I, I'm hearing is that if you're mm-hmm. looking to sustain a ministry, you're, you're asking your ministry to fail and to die. Mm-hmm. 
and and you you yourself are going to find yourself out of a job honestly i mean if we're going to be in a in a in a real conversation here there's a lot of youth ministers who have really good ideas about um who they want to be and what they want to do and then they get burnt out or they get cynical along the way or they just decide man that was such a good season we just had let's just try to sustain that and pretty quick um you're going to find that you know you stop growing and the ministry stops growing um, and, and that's, that's an unfortunate reality that we're all called to, but I think that's the high call of being a minister of the gospel, especially in a culture that is, like you said, always changing. Um, you know, we have, we are missionaries into these cultures. Oftentimes, uh, young, uh, youth pastors are missionaries. We go into cultures that are not our own, namely generation Z. And we, we try to teach the truths of God. And if you're not willing to grow and you're not willing to, um, be a person who uh, sees the next thing and adapt your ministry to that. Um, you might find yourself in a different career because uh, because that's the call oftentimes to youth minister to youth ministers. And some people really don't like that. Like I, I know that you know when this goes out, when this podcast goes out, there's going to be youth pastors who hear that and they say, "No, we're just chasing the world." You know, oh, we it's the gospel's God's the same no matter what, and all those things. But oftentimes we use our, our our theological distinction that yes, God's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. But at the same time, the methods of God have changed rapidly over the centuries. We don't do church like the first century Christians, and some people would lament that. But we don't. Um, every tradition has kind of become something else, and and every tradition is trying to grow in that. So I think if we allow, you know. The truth never to change, but the methods to change um, in order to get people to the truth, I think we're in the right place. I think that's what innovation is. No, exactly. I totally agree with that. Um, even even in uh, – I, I don't, I don't uh, know where it's like in the West Coast, but specifically in the South, um, what I see even uh, in my community, uh, our community I grew up in, uh, here in the South, one what, what what trend I'm seeing is that uh, newer, younger youth, youth pastors, I would say millennial uh, youth pastors, you, you don't see this as much, but if there's a youth pastor who's a little older, sometimes you see a rut of wanting to stay in youth ministry like it was when they first entered. Because yep. um, I'm, I'm like, for instance, I'm dealing with youth, uh, youth great people now. They're great people, but there's some youth ministries, even in my area, that are doing youth ministry that was popular uh, when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. And they haven't got past that and, and reaching kids in a culture of today. Mm-hmm. And so, so I 100%, 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to understand that the methods that they're using, too, were developed for a generation that doesn't exist in youth ministry anymore. And that's, that's what, I mean, even though it worked for you in that way, you got to understand yourself as not being the, you're not the youth anymore. And so, you know, the way in which we reach youth ministry, youth ministers, uh, or sorry, the way we youth, we reach actually, you know, adolescents today is going to change um, because that's their culture because their culture dictates that. I mean, I, when I was in youth ministry and I'm a millennial youth pastor, but when I was in youth ministry, you know, if your church had a half pipe, kids would show up, you know, you half pipe and pizza. 
Um, everyone was skateboarding and everyone loved pizza. Now pizza probably is one of those universals. It's probably not going to go out of style, but skateboarding, I mean, is, is all but gone, you know? Um, and uh, a lot of the skate ministries that I've seen besides the one in Portland have kind of all but gone away. And so, um, there is, there is change that has to be had. And if you're, if you're willing to change with it, you're going to have a successful time. You're going to have a hard time changing, but you're going to have a successful youth ministry. Absolutely. Um, one thing I want to ask ask you uh, is uh, as well for those of maybe be listening and kind of okay I get it I hear that we're supposed to be innovative uh, and but I don't understand how to get there. Uh, what are some practical steps for youth leaders to be more innovative in their ministries? Get involved in a network of youth workers. Um, I actually just came from my monthly network meeting of uh, local youth pastors. And the biggest thing we talk about there is what are you doing right now? And, uh, um, you know, you show me your cards, I'll show you mine kind of an idea there. Uh, and I want that. I want to know what the guys around me are doing. Um, join the online communities, of course, that's, that's a great place to do it. But man, if you can talk to people who are on the cutting edge of something, and then, like I said, you adapt that to your ministry. Don't take it full sale because if, you know, if they're in Southern California and you're in, Georgia, it might not work um, just on its on its level, but you got to look at what the heart is behind it. You got to look at what the what 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 it's trying to accomplish, and see if you can adapt it to your ministry and uh, be innovative in that way. So I would say be in a group of be in a network, whether that's I think be in a personal network for sure because you just need that accountability, but be on the forums. If you're not on, you know, the DYM forum or the uh, youth pastors only or stuff you can use, those are all great places where ideas are always being shared. And uh, because they're always being shared, there's innovation going on. And if you just watch, I mean, if you don't even ever post, but you just watch, you'll understand what, what successful youth ministries are doing. But, you know, you also have to discern. So that's the other thing here is, is it's not just about, uh, you know, writing whatever idea seems great at the time or what's working, you have to discern. You have to discern, um, will this work for my context? And in order to do that, you have to know your students. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot like fishing. If you're a good fisherman, you know that um, one of the best baits you can use for fishing is what's around the creek. Um, I remember when I was growing up, we had this awesome creek and there, there's these fly fishermen who came from Montana and we were in Wyoming and uh, they went, you know, and hiked two miles up and they didn't have to catch a thing. Um, and I walked right down to the creek from our campsite and I caught like uh, 12 trout. And, uh, you know, after the end of the day, you know, with the fishermen coming in and they say, they say, what were you using for bait? And all I was using was what my grandpa told me. He said, go spend it, spend some time in the morning catching some crickets because there are crickets everywhere. Um, and use those as bait and you'll catch fish. And he was absolutely right. Um, and because that was the thing that the fish in that area um, were eating a lot of. So uh, it worked as bait. Um, so, I mean, not to, not to be like just straight up, you know, this is the bait of what we're doing, but there is some parallels here. You have to know what your students are consuming. What is the media they're consuming? What are their hobbies? What do they love? Um, you know, when they're watching films who are they identifying with why instead of saying oh that's stupid that that's a trend say why is this a trend and really break down those things and so i would say a discernment um i would say i would say get in a network discernment and get to know who your students are so contextual assessment i would call that 
um, of, of what's going on in your ministry. And then the last one is this courage. Do not be afraid to change something. Do not be afraid to put yourself out there and to fail miserably. Um, if you can have the courage to try something new and fail at it and then do it again and do it again, you're going to find yourself in a successful place. Now, you don't want to be constantly changing things. I mean, I know youth pastors who are constantly changing things. That doesn't help. But you know, if you're in search of what your youth ministry, what's going to work in your youth ministry, don't be afraid to try new things. My senior pastor, Barry Bandera, um, he has signs up all over our church. It says, constant change is here to stay, uh, which is an oxymoron in its, in its, when you think about it, but it's absolutely true. Like this, and, and it's true even more now. Now things change so much faster with the advent of technology. Therefore, we have to know you know, what the fish are eating. Um, and so, uh, and then have the courage to use those things, to use those methods. Um, and if we can't, um, it might be time to hang, hang them up. No, I, I agree. There's, there's actually two separate things that I do personally that the reason why I do this, cause I am, I'm not naturally creative. Mm -hmm. um, I'm creative, uh, maybe a little bit in a sense when it comes to audio and video type stuff. And even then I'm not the greatest. So I'm, I'm naturally not creative, but one thing I've, I've learned to practice and I learned this um, from, again, from people who are much wiser than me is to tap in to people who are creative around you mm -hmm. uh, and, and tap into them to produce a ministry that is innovative, constantly being creative, try new things happen to people because because again not everybody has the same gifts um especially in this realm of uh creativity and innovation not everyone has yeah. the same gifts but find people in your ministry in your church to tap into uh to help you in in areas that you're weak when it comes to this specific topic yeah and and that's and i would say that same thing is that maybe you heard me earlier say you know you know uh kind of diss the idea of that I'm not a creative type. What I mean by that is when we think of creative types, we think of um, we think of people who are artsy, who paint, who, you know, have a pottery studio in their house and who, you know, are constantly on Pinterest and have awesome, you know, awesome displays in their house. That's what we think of when we think of creative type. Um, every human produces. You know, we, 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 we produce something. You produce this podcast. We all have something that we create. Um, and we have to tap into that. And I love what you just said there. If there's a place in your creativity where, you know, I'm not going to be the best room designer for the youth ministry. So don't make yourself that. I mean, that's the whole use the gifts of the church thing. Um, there are plenty of people out there who are great at that stuff and just tap on their shoulders and get them involved and allow them to use their gifts to glorify God. And I think uh, if you do that, um, you're not just being creative yourself and being innovative yourself. You're creating a culture of innovation. And if your youth workers and your volunteers have an understanding that they're allowed to create too, that's, that's a sight to behold. That's an incredibly great place to be in. Now, not every day idea is going to be used, but if they have an assumption that your idea is going to be at least thought about, um, if you bring someone to the table and there's a good chance that, that we'll give it a shot, they're going to continue to be innovative. And as long as they're innovative, then man, you, can, you can go through walls. No, I Absolutely. One of the things you, you mentioned that I just want to kind of highlight too is uh, don't be afraid to fail. 
because yeah. um, the reality is if you look study history you study every successful person doesn't matter what field it's in you'll see always a trail of failure before they had success mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just part of being successful part of successful people uh, in any uh, field are willing to fail because how you, because when you fail is when you learn mm-hmm. and and through that process uh, uh, when it comes specifically with innovation I would say in, in any avenue of ministry itself um, if you want to be successful reaching people for Christ don't be afraid to fail make mistakes but learn from those mistakes and improve as you go mm-hmm and I'd be, I would be more afraid of success than failure because success hides failure and success is a drug. Um, you know, the more times you succeed in life, the more oftentimes uh, uh, ego cre- creeps in, pride starts happening. Um, and, and oftentimes if you're successful at one thing, it'll oftentimes mask where you're actually failing, but you don't know about it. Um, and until that success goes away, you won't be able to take an inventory of what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. And so I would say, you know, really embrace failure because in, in failure, there, it's a fascinating thing. If, if you try something and it doesn't work, that's a fascinating conversation of why didn't it work? What do we have to change to get better at this? If you try something and it works kind of, and you declare it just outright a success, then what you've done is you've masked your failures. And again, failures is something to, to, to embrace. Um, now we're not talking about embracing your, you know, your, your sin failures. We're talking about um, learning from mistakes in strategy. So don't get this confused with, with you know, like a, like a deeper theological discussion about um, embracing sin or something like that. But at the same time, uh, we, we all have missteps in ministry. Uh, we all have missteps in ideas. And so, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to to try something that sounds crazy. And don't be afraid to uh, let your staff or let your volunteer staff try something that's crazy, even if you think it's going to fail. Because the cool thing is, if it does fail, it's a great teacher, like we said. And also, you're going to teach them to accept failure too. Um, but also, um, if it succeeds, then it could be surprising for you and you could learn something pretty valuable too. Absolutely. Um Speaking on innovation, when I think of innovation, when I'm specifically, uh, when it comes, uh, when I think of innovation, I think about something that you've been doing for the past, I think it was, it's been about a year since you've been doing your one minute, uh, one minute messages. Yep. Uh, about a year. Um, I just want you to kind of take a little bit of time to kind of talk about, uh, what you're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I, I really believe that, that there's a, that, you probably didn't plan on these women and messages going at being as big of a thing as they ended up being. No. So, so just, so we take some time to kind of talk about what you're doing and kind of the process of how that started and where, and where it's mm-hmm. ended up now. Yeah. Uh, so one minute message is, is a crazy idea and it, and it is a testimony to innovation and being willing to put yourself out there. Um, so I, was at a place where I was tired of thinking about youth ministry in the same 2D fashion that we think about it. Get kids to youth group, get them to youth group. Um, And I thought, you know, there's a lot of, when you look around at what the world is doing right now, is that a lot of teaching and a lot of training and a lot of strategy is happening, not in a building, but on a platform. And 
the companies that have embraced those platforms early um, have found a lot of success and a lot of money also along the way. Um, but uh, I was looking around and I was thinking, is there a way to sort of digitalize youth ministry? And, um, and, you know, like, you know, a lot of people have thought this, this isn't, this is, that's not the original idea. I mean, there's their download youth ministry is an idea of digitalizing youth ministry. Um, but is there a way that I could do this better? And so the way I originally thought about it was what if I could be their pastor, even if they didn't come to youth group, um, through a platform. And so the first place I went was Snapchat because every, every student in my ministry had Snapchat, um, and so what I did was I, I didn't understand Snapchat. I, I still probably don't really understand Snapchat all that well. Um, but I, I would just make these videos and Snapchat gave me about a minute to do it, many minute chunks here to do it. And I'd send them out to all the students who gave me their contact. And, uh, and they were just of me doing a little point, a little, little piece of, uh, of a sermon. And it wasn't, based on exactly what we were doing at youth group that week. It was just based on, you know, what my daily devotions was, what I was thinking that day. You know, if I had an illustration about a burrito I ate at Chip, Chipotle, it was just those videos. That's what it was. And, uh, and I just sent it out. And the crazy thing is the students, I think they were pretty cringy at first. I, I, I want to find one of these videos, but the problem with the Snapchat videos is they're all gone now. Um, but uh, which, students, which sometimes is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that these aren't brought up. I'm glad that my test place, the place I tested this whole thing out, was was in a place that's gone now. Um, but I, uh, I don't know. Some students just really loved them, and they 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 would always write me back, and they'd say, "Wow, these that really meant something to me today." And at first, I thought, "Well, you know, they're just you know they're just being nice." But more and more, I did it. The more they kept saying, "Wow, these are really meaning something for my day. This is really helping me." And, you know, the way we started talking about it in my youth ministry was like, they were like, little, they, they weren't a full meal, but they were like a Jesus energy bar. You know, if you're in between meals, you're not going to be at church uh, this week because of some sort of uh, traveling sport is going on. Um, here's an energy bar to get you to your next meal. Um, and so that's what we started talking about. Them. And then um, I started taking more time on them because I realized that students, they meant more to students. So they started meaning more to me. And um then I uh, uploaded them to uh, an app called TikTok um, based on a hunch from another youth pastor and a couple students, another youth pastor named Jared Bent, who also joined me in mining this idea of one minute message. Um, and, uh, and I uploaded them to TikTok and overnight, the first one I uploaded had 20,000 views on it overnight. Uh, and I was like, what just happened? This is, this is something, this is an act of God. Something, something crazy is going on here. Cause I didn't really feel like the video warranted that many views. Um, and then I just put it out to other youth pastors on the forums. I went on, I went on like the DYM forum. I went on the, uh, stuff you can use. I even went on youth pastors only. Um, and I said, guys, this is working. You guys got to put your mugs in front of your cameras and make your own one minute messages and um, start sending what you say and then also upload this app called TikTok because something crazy is happening here. Um, and a lot of youth pastors join me on it. And you can, I, if you today, if you if you hash, if you click on the hashtag one minute message, you're going to find not just my one minute messages, but you're going to find multiple one minute messages from youth pastors all over the country. Um, and uh, and so it became something real. I have to also confess here, like. I have a history in film, so it also helped because on my side project, I'm a wedding videographer, so I have some abilities with cameras and editing software, and I can do that stuff. So this transition wasn't as hard for me, but a lot of youth pastors that I meet 
also have um, background in film because youth ministry and, uh, and, and making videos is kind of a, a little happy marriage that happens in a lot of youth ministries. So I started making these videos. Um, I started my TikTok page. Uh, they shadow banned me on TikTok for hate speech. I wasn't hateful at all. It's just, I guess somebody reported, um, seriously content. I, yeah i don't um, think i've heard that story oh uh, yeah no they did they uh they they shadow banned my my account so like uh then i couldn't use it so then i had to start over um so i had like six thousand uh followers and it just wasn't wor- like every time i'd upload something no one would see it so it was like they would allow me to upload it but it wouldn't be seen by anybody because they had shadow banned me um so i i felt bad about myself for about a month and i was like man i had an idea now it's gone um, but then, uh, you know, my students in my ministry kept talking about how these messages meant something to them. And so I kept making them. And then I put another TikTok account out there, built it. It hasn't gotten shadow banned yet. It's got 22, maybe 23,000 uh, followers on it now. Um, the One Minute Message Project's been viewed over a couple million times online. Um, it's, yeah, in a year's time, uh, like I said, I'm just a youth pastor from... Washington state, the dark part of the world where Christianity isn't really all that cool. Um, but I had an idea for, I want to reach my students. I want to figure out a way so they don't, if they don't come to youth group, I can still be their youth pastor and they can still experience youth group, um, in their own ways. And I, uh, I made it available for them. And that was the one minute message project. I did it to reach my students, you know, my 150, 200 students and, um, and ended up reaching over a million. So that's, that's crazy to me. Um, but that's God also in the middle of all that stuff. Um, also, I, I should say I should say some other cool stuff that happened because of it. Um, I got invited to go on an influencer's trip to Israel through the Israel Collective because of the One Minute Message. Um, and uh, I've been able to talk and hang out with people and do really cool stuff, um, you know, because of this, this, this ability to in, innovate that God gave me. And, um, and I'm, really, I'm really excited about it. No, absolutely. And, and the cool thing about, uh, I'm just here listening. The cool thing about the story is just the fact that you're looking at, think about how can I impact, uh, students, uh, outside of a church, a church building. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think not, I, I think a, a youth minister whole has kind of gotten out of this mentality. I think it was a little bit of more of the mentality in, in the nineties, uh, particularly in the nineties of in, in invite kids to a building mm-hmm. uh type of mentality of doing youth ministry i yeah. think i think now we're kind of getting out of that uh, a little bit more uh for youth ministry but i think it's really really neat and really cool of how you're just thinking about how can i impact my kids outside the four walls of the church in a place to where they're constantly at mm-hmm. uh, like an app like tiktok or youtube youtube is another great I think mm-hmm. to tap into as well, yeah. Uh, just because they're constantly using these this, these different apps, technology, social media. How can we mm-hmm. tap into that mm-hmm. uh, to reach our kids and, and also reach even beyond our kids um, as well? So I, th- I think it's really cool and neat story of how God took that and just ran. Yeah, and I think I think you hit on it right there for a second, but um, this is where students are, and 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 I don't mean that in like a lofty way, like. The way that Gen Z thinks about technology and platforms like YouTube and TikTok um, and Instagram is it's like going to the mall for them. Like if I'm talking to a millennial youth pastors, 
um, who grew up kind of in between technology, uh, having technology, but it not being as big a deal as it is to kids today. Um, they think about it in the same way they think about like hanging out at the lunch table at lunch. Like they go there. Um, that's a place they go in their minds. Um, and so when they show up, they have personality, they have uh, a way in which they want to interact with things and they have certain ways in which they should, you know, shouldn't, should, they have certain rules that are the norms and not the norms. And there's popular kids and unpopular kids and all sorts of different genres of, uh, of a student's personality that can exist there. There's the, you know, the jock side of TikTok. There's the, you know, the, the, the geek side of TikTok. There's the, all those things that are going on. Um, and so this is really where youth culture exists at right now. Um, and if I can get that through your head, I mean, if you can understand just in a little bit of ways, they go there like we would go to the mall to hang out or like we would hang out at the lunch tables at schools. They still exist in those other spheres too, but this is a place they actually like go to in their minds. And so um, us bringing the gospel there is like us showing up for lunch um, in the early 2000s uh, doing youth ministry. It's like us showing up for a football game. Um, us going there is, is an important piece of this. And some of us like, man, I feel like it's so cringy if I go there or they're not going to want me there. Or maybe the unwritten rule is that I'm not supposed to be there. All of that is wrong. All of that is wrong. Maybe, maybe some kids will think that you shouldn't be there. I'm sure there's, there's plenty. If you go through my comments on my videos, there's plenty of students and young people who think I shouldn't be there either, but there's plenty of young people who need healthy, older people in their lives. Um, speaking truth and speaking gospel into who they are. And um, for me, it's like being like, I think the platform TikTok is like being invited to speak at like a, uh, an FCA meeting at a school. Um, here's a, here's, here's a, a piece of ground where students have chiseled out for me to come and speak the gospel. And I'm just going to keep doing it until they tell me I can't anymore. Um, so uh, go there, go there for sure. Go there. No, absolutely. Uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, um, I want to give you uh, just, I would like you to just give an opportunity to kind of talk about uh, a little bit about your podcast. Um, you're also a fellow podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also kind of talk a little bit about uh, the your uh, youth ministry, your pastor's network, youth ministry network that you're in uh, for podcasts, talk about, uh, share a little bit of that as well. And how can we get connected, uh, with that? Also, how can we get connected, uh, with you personally? If, if somebody who's listening has questions about, uh, being more innovative or questions about, uh, how to take this one message idea and apply it in their own context. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually get back to everybody who contacts me on Facebook. It's a, it's a bargain I made with myself and my wife that if people have questions about this thing that God gave me, which I feel like is a, is I got to be a good steward of, if you have a question on how to make a one minute message, you can, you can just directly message me on Facebook. Um, I'm a millennial and I'm an early millennial at that. So I am on Facebook still. Um, and, uh, that's one of the easiest ways I actually want more on Facebook messenger now than I am actually on Facebook, the app. Um, but if you want to contact me, that's a good place to contact me. Um, the other thing is, uh, I have a couple, you know, Instagram as well, but if you go to my Instagram profile, if you're like, man, I'm not on TikTok, but I want to see these, these one minute messages, they haven't taken off on Instagram the same way. Um, but I have a, uh, uh, a one minute message, um, TikTok 
sorry, a one minute message Instagram page, which is just called one minute message spelled out, no spaces, one minute message. Um, so if you, if you, if you find me on Instagram, you can see all the videos that I'm doing um, you can like them, you can share them with your youth group um, or even better, you know, rather than me speaking to your youth group, use them to innovate yourself and use them to make your own videos that you get to speak to your youth group because that's going to mean a whole lot more than, than my one minute with your youth group. Um, and, uh, yeah, then the podcast, um, I run a podcast called the, the fringe youth worker podcast, uh, with my buddy, Sonny Salta Lamakia. Um, Sonny is a drug and alcohol counselor and I am a youth pastor and we have both found ourselves in the middle of constantly ministering to fringe kids. And so, um, every youth pastor, uh, knows what we're talking about. You got your church kids, but oftentimes you have your fringe kids, um, your fringe collective. And if you're at a place where you're, man, I don't know how to reach these kids. I don't know what I need to do to do that. How Sonny and I are constantly talking about the way in which you minister to fringe kids. And uh, the reason that Sonny and I are so passionate about that is because we were both fringe kids. Um, we were both uh, on the fringe who came into the fray and were welcomed into that. And so that's what the show's about. It's about taking these fringe kids that are in your ministry and bringing them into the fray and how you do that health how you do that in a healthy manner and how you do that um, in a practical manner. And uh, also Sonny and I spend a lot of time just laughing um, and sharing stories about fringe youth ministry. So it's a, it's a fun show in that way. We're part of the youth, uh, we're, we're part of the youth, youth worker podcast network. Um, no, sorry. Youth ministry podcast network, man. I don't even know what part of the network we're from. We're part of the youth ministry podcast network that has a lot of awesome shows in it. Multi, multi, if you're a multi-site guy, they're an awesome podcast. And that, the production of that, the multi, multi, uh, podcast is amazing. Those guys kill it on that podcast. Um, uh, of course you, you probably know if you're listening to my show, or if you listen to the show, uh, and you're into podcasts, you, I'm sure you know about Justin Herman and his, uh, controlled chaos podcast. Um, and he just put out the Justin Herman show too. Uh, so, um, you know, he's killing it in the podcast arena. If you want to start a podcast, I would talk to Justin Herman about that because he's kind of the, he's kind of the Yoda of youth ministry podcast. I would call that. Um, and so, yeah, he's also in the podcast network with us and, uh, a bunch of other people, uh, why we stayed. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, uh, Oh, uh, gosh, what was the other one? Um, youth collective. Um, another awesome podcast with some awesome guys. So, um, all those podcasts are awesome podcasts and, uh, and you can, you can listen to those podcasts too. Um, so if you're looking for youth ministry podcast and you want to fill up your week with youth ministry strategy and fun stories about youth ministry, um, I would be honored if you would look at the friend youth for podcast. Take a listen to me and send So, yeah. What's well, also Oh, I should say oh, TikTok yeah. too. If you don't know, I mean, I, I talked about this a bunch, but I'm on TikTok at, T, at TJ Mac, and that's my uh, that's my huge um, TikTok page. So you, you, if you just look at one minute message on there, you'll find it. Yep. You can. Well, I found out you can just type in one minute message just in Google when you show up. Oh, really? <laughs> is so, it just? Is it? Is it? Am I number one there? I I cannot remember, but I do remember searching some uh, content because I've done some one minute message content as well and you definitely show up on the first page okay there you go so if you can if you if you forget this just google it you'll find them all right awesome. um, well well TJ I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule just to talk to us about how to be more innovative in our ministries so I do appreciate for you coming out 
Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure talking to you. If there's one thing you can walk away with when it comes to this topic of innovation, it's this. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. Part of innovation, part of starting new things, trying new things, is the risk of failing. And, and the, don't be afraid of it because if you fail in something, pick back up and try something else. In my ministry, in my contacts, and most people in their ministries across the country are going through the same thing I've gone through, uh, trying something, seeing if it works. If, if it falls on its face, trying something else, seeing if it works. If it doesn't work, trying something else until you find something that works in your context and reaching your students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it starts with you being innovative and trying new things and new ways of reaching your students. Again, I am really excited by next week's episode because we're going to be talking specifically of how uh, to work inside along parents and becoming the primary influencer in their teenager's life. So you definitely do not want to miss next week's episode.